0: What's going on guys? Hello, I am Rob from Wrestling and More and welcome welcome to the first podcast that we have ever done. Something we've been wanting to do for a while. So, welcome to Ring Rope Roundup, episode 1. Now, we wanted to start with a bang and what better way to do that than with Royal Rumble 2017. Uh, I'm saying here it is Sunday the 5th of February. So I've had a week to stew, and I thought to myself, well, I want to talk to you guys about it. I want to talk to you guys about, not necessarily the pay-per-view, but specifically the Rumble match. And the reason I want to talk just about the Rumble match is because it was billed so, so much, especially on Raw, I don't think Smackdown Live did it as much, but especially on Raw as the most stacked Royal Rumble match in history, and to a certain extent, especially before the pay per view, the build up to the pay per view, you got caught up in it. You thought that exact same thing. You thought, you know what, this is going to be an absolutely outstanding Royal Rumble to rival, possibly in my opinion, the best Royal Rumble two thousand and one. Now, I will say now as a little disclaimer, I thought the matches preluding the actual Royal Run match were absolutely outstanding. I thought Cena and Styles is a candidate for match of the year um, and in a later podcast I'll be talking about my greatest matches and spoiler alert, that has made it into the top eight. But um, there was just a couple of gripes. Um, even though I think the club or the Good Brothers or whatever they're called now I definitely think they deserve the title shot and I'm really, really glad they've got the Raw Tag Team titles. I mean, I don't agree that they dropped them on the pre-show. I think the pre-show, even though they're not really pre-show matches now, are they? But I still just don't agree with the fact that something as prestigious as the Raw Tag Team titles, I say prestigious, but you know, a title, it shouldn't be dropped on the pre-show. And especially when they are too big... Big stars such as Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, I think the timing was wrong. I thought Cesaro and Sheamus had another good couple of weeks, couple of defenses in. But with that being said, I am extremely glad that the club have finally got what they deserve. because I think they have been treated appallingly since they've joined. Um, since they've joined WWE, when you consider their body of work in New Japan, it's just it's appalling, absolutely appalling how they've been treated. But they've finally been given. What they deserve, in my opinion. To be honest, that was the only real gripe that I had with everything building up. And uh, I thought the the Roman Reigns-Kevin Owens match was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was a really, really good match. You know, even with the bizarre stipulation of Chris Jericho suspended above the ring in a shark cage. I thought that was quite a bizarre stipulation, but it worked. You know, it was something we hadn't seen before. And to be perfectly honest, I enjoyed it. So, like I say, nothing bad to say about the build up to the Rumble match. Then we got to the Rumble match, and wow. Um, I mean, I'll save my overarching opinion of the Rumble match for the end. Um, I'm going to run through some positives. And some negatives. I know that a lot of people out there, especially on the internet community, on Twitter, uh, you've been commenting a lot on the Wrestling and More Twitter page about how unsatisfied you found yourselves after the Royal Rumble. Um, Some of you said, you know, it built things well to WrestleMania. Fair enough. But what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to go through some of the pros and some of the cons. And because we like to think that we're a positive bunch at Wrestling and More, We're going to start with the positives. So, number one, the storyline progression in the Wyatt's feud. Now, the Smackdown before, um, we had uh, Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. Now, Luke Harper and Randy Orton have obviously had this issue with each other. There's that lack of trust and there's dissent inside the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt said, right, you guys are going to fight it out and then we'll be stronger for the Royal Rumble. That didn't happen. Um, After Harper lost the match on SmackDown, Wyatt treated him to some tough love with sister Abigail. Um, And when Luke Harper entered the Royal Rumble, you expected him to side with Wyatt and Orton, who were already in the match. However, it seems as though Luke Harper is now embarking on a face turn, which... I'm extremely happy about, because I think Luke Harper is extremely unusual, I think he's a brilliant wrestler, um, and I think it's about time that he got more of a backstory as opposed to, he's Bray Wyatt's lackey um, We even got this beautiful beautiful still, as he was just about to deliver Sister Abigail to Bray Wyatt, unfortunately Randy Orton made the save, so it's interesting to see how that storyline progresses, I'm really excited about it, and I'll make no bones about it. I am a Bray Wyatt fanboy. I absolutely love Bray Wyatt. I love everything he's done. Again, another extremely underutilised wrestler. Um, Seems that the WWE can't decide what to do with the Wyatt family, but I think everything that they are doing at the moment, between Wyatt, Orton and Harper, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think the Rumble, that little bit of interplay in the middle of the Rumble was what the Rumble needed, and it worked. Everyone I've spoken to has said it's positive. I agree. I think it was brilliant. Pro number two... Lesnar and Goldberg. Well, 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 well. What do we say about this? Brock Lesnar, we are believed, you know, we are led to believe by the WWE is this unconquerable beast. You know, he is the beast incarnate. He's an outstanding professional wrestler. He's an outstanding sports entertainer. And, you know, to the extent where the WWE fed the Undertaker's streak to him, you know, um, Brock Lesnar then went on, And destroyed John Cena. Which, again, you know, you think, can anybody stop Lesnar? Then Survivor Series happened. And he was beaten in 86 seconds. And everyone was just shocked. Everyone was shocked. I was shocked. My friends were shocked. The whole internet community was shocked by Brock Lesnar being jobbed out. And you know, once we got to grips with this whole scenario, the overarching opinion of the fans was: this is excellent. It's about time. Because, but unfortunately, Brock Lesnar's matches have become very predictable. You know, suplex, 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 F5, pin, and much as it's still, it's still exciting to see Brock Lesnar destroy the roster. It's nice to know that he's got. weakness. And that weakness appears to be Bill Goldberg. Um, Now, I don't know exactly how long Brock Lesnar and Goldberg stood against each other in the Royal Rumble. I imagine it was roughly the same amount of time, but all it took again was one spear and Goldberg clotheslined Lesnar out of the ring. But, even though I know some fans are like, what is happening? This 50-year-old part-timer is destroying Brock Lesnar. A. Brock Lesnar is also a part-timer. B. How good is the build-up to WrestleMania now? Lesnar has to win. To gain any credibility back, Lesnar has to win. And surely, that match at WrestleMania 33 is going to be absolutely incredible. I can't wait for it. I mean... It's inevitable, on Raw after Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar came out and basically requested a match. Well, I say Lesnar, Paul Heyman gave another absolutely flawless promo. Um, I know that Goldberg is coming on to Raw tomorrow to say, well, to respond, we all know he's going to say yes. Um, But again, it certainly builds a lot more. Whether Lesnar will actually lose again. I don't think so. I think this will be Lesnar signing off with a victory. I think it will be a comprehensive victory over Bill. I think Bill might even get cocky. But these two matches have been amazing and I'll be perfectly honest when they announced Goldberg was coming back I'd watched a lot of WCW Nitro uh, Monday Nitro and when he first came into the WCW I was like oh this is I was only, I think I was 11 years old, 10 years old. And I watched him and thought, this man is an absolute beast. And then he left the profession uh, after that shocking WrestleMania match in WrestleMania 20. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it, it is absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's it's the worst match I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'd argue that it's worse than Jeff Hardy and, um, and Sting in TNA. Simply because... Oh, just watch it. I can't do it justice by describing it, but it's, it's just incredible. Um, but, but he left, and I wasn't really that bothered. Um, he came back. I wasn't really that bothered. I wasn't really caught up in the hype. But as soon as, he, as soon as Survivor Series happened, I got caught up in Goldberg. Well, no, actually. In fairness, that first promo he gave at, uh, when he came to Raw, his first back was absolutely astonishing. The... The crowd support he got was absolutely unbelievable. And I think it's built one of the best feuds that WWE have produced in years. And the Royal Rumble, that quick elimination again, and Goldberg not winning, I think that was a big thing for me as well. If Goldberg had won the Rumble, I wouldn't have been impressed. But that interchange, that just that little tete-a-tete between Lesnar and Goldberg, built built it up beautifully. And it's one of the things that I am extremely excited about. Extremely excited about. About WrestleMania 33. Number three is Braun Strowman's dominance. Now this is only a quick positive for me because I don't think they did enough of it. But I thought that Braun Strowman looked solid. The bit with the big show was fantastic um, he needed to look strong coming into this he couldn't just eliminate two people and then get eliminated himself he had to eliminate people and he showed some real, real strength here I think he'll be the next US champion um, I mean the difficulty is he's probably going to get steamrolled by Roman Reigns at Fastlane which is sad Um Not because it's Roman Reigns. I think that the abuse Roman Reigns gets is slightly unfair. But Braun Strowman, you've built him up to be this dominant monster... ...and he's then... We all know he's going to lose at Fastlane. Which is the feud at the moment between the two. I think the Royal Rumble has suggested that it'll be... ...Taker Reigns at WrestleMania 33. Which might be a good match. Um, They're both good workers... Reigns still delivers the best spear. I argue that Reigns' spear is better than Goldberg's. Um, Fight me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think Braun looked dominant in this. Whether he looked as dominant as he possibly could is another matter. But I think, considering a year ago, people were pretty much calling for his head, saying that he was a waste of time, he couldn't run across a ring, Uh, he couldn't put a good match together... Um, where he is now where his feud with Sami Dane I thought was fantastic I thought it was really well structured I think he's doing okay and I think they carried on that storyline well in the Royal Rumble number four and this is slightly contentious a positive for me was Randy Orton winning the Royal Rumble now yes there was no Kurt Angle yes there was no Samoa Joe yes there was no Finn Balor returning Finn Balor I should say but it came completely out of left field well it came out of left field if you didn't look at all the bookies Uh, who was the bookies favourite towards the start Um, as Randy Orton from about Friday became the bookies favourite by an absolute landslide so obviously something was leaked but I thought I think of the wrestlers that were left apart from maybe Undertaker this gives us the most interesting potential match at WrestleMania. Now, a lot of this, and a lot of this positive, depends on what happens at the Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Now, if John Cena wins at the Elimination Chamber, and we are forced to endure John Cena versus Randy Orton for the 400th time, this is not a positive. Yes, Randy Orton's a good worker. Yes, John Cena's a good worker. But I can't build myself up to that match. I've seen it too many times. We need something new. Now, if Bray Wyatt wins the title at Elimination Chamber, which would be incredible, again, Bray Wyatt fanboy, but I think he would make a fantastic champion. I think it's criminal the man hasn't had an individual title when you consider Jack Swagger has The Great Lee has and Ezekiel Jackson has I think it's criminal this man hasn't. I think a Bray Wyatt Randy Orton bout at Wrestlemania 33 would be fantastic. The way Smackdown Live have built this storyline between the Wyatts between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt has been fantastic. I think those two could produce a very, very good calibre of match. And to be perfectly honest I think Bray Wyatt should come out on top. Not because I'm a massive fanboy but because I think he deserves it. And I think he would give more to the title than Randy Orton would. Now Randy Orton's a fantastic worker as we know. He's also a 14 time world champion. But I genuinely think that Bray Wyatt should come out on top. Again, a lot of this is speculation. The chances are Johnny, uh, Johnny Cena, big match, John will probably win, and it'll be a very, very dull WrestleMania 33 because that's what the WWE think we like, despite being told repeatedly by fans that's not what we like. Number five, number five is number ten. Number ten, the perfect Ted, Ty Dillinger. I absolutely love this. When they came out, obviously there'd been there'd been a lot at a lot on the internet about possible Royal Rumble spots. Now the first Royal Rumble spot was the Miz coming out to Daniel Bryan's music, and furthering that feud. I thought that was a fantastic idea, but obviously that didn't really happen. And you know, it's a shame, but I didn't really think it would happen. It would have been fantastic though. Um, but what did happen and something that the internet wanted to happen was the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger coming out at number 10 and he did it's one of the few times that WWE has listened to the fans and given them something that they wanted, the WWE effectively threw the universe a bone and it was very well received, so thank you Vince McMahon and WWE and the creative team, thank you very much for that it was a very 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 high moment of the Royal Rumble However, where there's positives, there's obviously got to be negatives. And despite the positives that I've just gone through, I feel like there probably is going to be more negatives than positives, so please bear with me. We're going to move on to the cons of the Royal Rumble match. And the first one, why Roman Reigns? (coughs) Why Roman Reigns needed to be in the Royal Rumble? I've got no idea. Um, Why he came in at 30? I don't know. You know what you were like when he came in at 30. Sorry, I'm going to have to have a drink. What your reaction was when he came in at 30? I imagine it was very similar to mine, which was, why is he here? how can the WWE do this? They've built up this Royal Rumble and it's just Roman Reigns again being shoved down our throats which the universe has been extremely vocal about disliking. Now there have been rumours that obviously Finn Balor was originally supposed to come in at 30 and Roman Reigns was thrown in at the last minute to soften a Randy Orton win which is fair enough and I sort of sympathise with the WWE if that's the case obviously they had to change plans you had anyone else? Kurt Angle's just been inducted into the two thousand and seventeen Hall of Fame. Why not put him in? Why not put Samoa Joe in? I mean, I know he debuted on Raw the next night, injuring Seth Rollins at the, in the in the in the in the process. So thank you for that, Samoa Joe. But for the sake of one day, for the sake of effectively laughing at the universe, which is what the WWE were doing, put Samoa Joe in the Rumble. Yes, he isn't going to win it. Yes, we know he isn't going to win it. But the whole idea of the Royal Rumble is to give us that surprise. And that brings me on to my second point. There was no surprise moments. There was nothing. I mean, yes, Ty Dillinger. But can you think of another one? Really? I mean, supposedly, the whole idea of Mark Henry being in the Royal Rumble was a surprise. I didn't find it surprising at all. I was expecting legends. I was expecting at least one new star. Obviously a lot of the talk leading up to the Royal Rumble was about Kenny Omega. I know that he wasn't going to turn up. Kenny Omega came out and said he wasn't going to turn up, but why not? Why not just give us that little bit, that little bit of nostalgia? We had nothing. We had no Finn Balor returning from injury. We had no Samoa Joe. It just seems very... ...flat. And to be honest, coupling in with this point... ...there was no nostalgia moments. I mean... ...one of the main things of the Royal Rumble... ...the last couple of years has been Kane going on a tear... ...and Kofi Kingston. And then Kofi Kingston surviving in... ...ridiculous ways. But even Kofi's... ...even Kofi's survival... ...was a bit flat... Yeah, the bit where he fell off the post looked very, very... It looked horrible, to be perfectly honest. But... There wasn't really a massive one, was there? There wasn't one that caught the imagination like the handstand or when he used JBL's chair. And Kane wasn't even in this Royal Rumble. When you consider who was in the Royal Rumble, why wasn't he afforded a spot? The Royal Rumble is something that even fans who are very... Like, the most casual of wrestling fans tune in for the Royal Rumble because it is so different because you get surprise entrance, you get nostalgic moments you get something different and this year just seemed very flat I know I keep saying that but that's how it left me number three of the cons I'm only going to do five of each and I'm sure you could probably find more cons than I've managed to find was Baron Corbin Baron Corbin, I know he eliminated Braun Strowman before you comment on Twitter or before you comment on YouTube, depending on where you're listening to this on SoundCloud or whatever. Baron Corbin did nothing, apart from eliminate Braun Strowman. There was a massive segment in the middle of the Royal Rumble where nothing happened. Smackdown Live had been building Baron Corbin as this huge monster, basically Smackdown Live's answer to Braun Strowman. And he didn't do anything. I mean, unless I'm very much mistaken, and I might be, I think he only eliminated two people, maybe even one. That's not a monster. I mean, for a lot of it, he was just standing around, as were most of the people in the middle, <coughs> which, again, isn't great. People like The Miz, um, Apollo Crews, when he came in, and they just stood in the corners and waited for big people to come in. You know, until Bray Wyatt came in and Randy Orton, they were all just sitting in the corners. And I know that was Chris Jericho's stick for the entire thing. But having all the wrestlers doing it, I don't know. And especially amidst the push that they are currently giving Baron Corbin, you would expect more. And I think it's a shame that they haven't given him more in this Royal Rumble. I didn't want him to win it, I didn't expect him to win it. I expected him to do something, though. Number four, and it kind of links in with my point three. Wasted spots. Now, this isn't obviously spots as in... Spots during a match. I'm talking about entrance. When we talk about the fact that there wasn't any surprise entrance, no nostalgic entrance like Kane or anything like that, it's because people that didn't need to be in the Rumble were in the Rumble. And the one that springs to mind is number 27, Enzo Amore. Why? Why at 27? Just to give us that one moment where Brock annihilated him. Which Brock can do with 90% of the roster. Which he'd already done with everyone in the ring. It seemed pointless. It was pointless, and in my opinion, a completely wasted spot. I've got nothing against Enzo. Nothing at all. In fact, I think him and Big Cass are brilliant. But why? Why, why, why was he in that late? If you're going to put him in, put him in early. Put him in instead of Apollo Crews, who was also a wasted spot, in my opinion, because he did nothing. Same with Kalisto. James Ellsworth. I mean, I I know. I did enjoy the James Ellsworth bit. Partly because of the obscenely painful bump he took as Braun Strowman threw him out of the ring, that must have been incredibly painful, and obviously I hope he's okay but looking back on it you'd think he's a wasted spot he's a wasted spot on Smackdown Live to be perfectly honest, I don't think he's doing good work on Smackdown Live at the moment with Carmella Um, but there we go, this is what the WWE have thrown us I think that at least four of the spots perhaps five I'm sure there's other wrestlers that people think shouldn't have been in the Royal Rumble there were bits that just they shouldn't have been there number five and my last con so to speak I do apologise for my voice by the way I'm recording this on extremely sore throat but we are on a time limit because we want to get as much out to you as we can as obviously we're starting wrestling more and trying to push it as much as we can Number five is most of the match dragged. If you compare it with 2001, 2001 could be broken into three very significant parts. And each of those significant parts had things happening in it at all times. It didn't stop at all. Um, Same with 1992 when Ric Flair won it. Um, and to a certain extent... I know Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon won it in 1999... But there were still bits of that... You know, that kind of mirrored that... But in this match... It seemed like we were just... Waiting for Lesnar, Goldberg and Taker... And... It's a shame because The Miz came in... And The Miz did nothing... Then got eliminated... Baron Corbin came in... Did nothing, got eliminated... Paula Cruz came in... Did nothing, got eliminated... Same as Callisto. Um Chris Jericho, Sami Zayn. I mean they were the Iron Men obviously, but I feel like they could have done a lot more. I feel like they could have done a lot more. Maybe not Sami Zayn and Chris Jericho. I think Chris Jericho, to be fair, was actually really good. I really enjoyed Chris Jericho's rumble. But there was people that basically did nothing and it was a shame. And it just dragged. It did drag. Even Mark Henry in the Big Show, you know, and that Big Show Braun Strowman bit, just it dragged. And I think if Braun Strowman hadn't been eliminated as early as he was, in retrospect, that could have bought a bit more into the Rumble match. He could have had a stare-off with Wyatt as, you know, a reunion of the Wyatt family. Imagine if him and Harper, uh, Luke Harper and Braun Strowman had teamed up against Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. That would have been amazing. ...you know, a proper severance of the Wyatt family... It would have been fantastic. Even the Ty Dillinger bit... ...much as I loved him being in the Rumble... ...and teaming with Sami Zayn... ...his entrance was pointless, he did nothing. And... ...that was... ...that was the main disappointment for me. I genuinely struggled to watch it all. And as i have been built not just by Raw, but myself I wanted it to be amazing I wanted it to be fantastic I knew, I thought it was going to be and then it wasn't which is a huge shame you know, hopefully it's built enough to Wrestlemania 33 I know that obviously problems are going to be kind of come across because obviously Seth Rollins has been injured um, and a feud between him and Samoa Joe and an eventual feud between him and Triple H was on the cards and they were starting to build that well but I don't know I didn't enjoy the Rumble match and it hurt what I thought was an extremely good pay-per-view up to that now if you agreed disagree with what I've said please leave a comment on Twitter you can follow us at gameplay underscore goody you can look at us on YouTube search for wrestling and more you can talk to us on SoundCloud Um, download these podcasts on iTunes they'll be coming out once every week hopefully we're trying or look us up on our website www.wrestlingandmore.co.uk I also write news pieces for Sports Keder, Um so check them out as well but there's also feature pieces called Eyes On where we look retrospectively at pay-per-views Eyes On Episode 1 is on Capital Punishment and Eyes On Episode 2 is on WrestleMania 17 so please check us out and we'll keep delivering this thank you for listening and I'll see you soon